Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries, I'm your host John, and this episode, just like that guy at the bar who says he's just going to have one more and then he'll be on his way, is a follow-on to yesterday's episode when we talked about special brews you can have in your campaigns and what they can add to your game. In this episode, I'm going to highlight some from the Wormskin zines by Gavin Norman that I particularly like. I'm also going to talk about what my thoughts are when it comes to creating your own brews to add a little bit of flavour to your campaign. So, let's pop open one of our favourite brews, slurp it down as we listen to the music, and then crack on with talking about that. Okay, so last episode we talked a little bit about how adding speciality brews or meals to a tavern in your game can not only allow you to add in additional plot hooks, but can also add a little bit of extra depth and texture to your campaign world. So in this episode, as I said before the introduction, I'm going to be looking at some of the brews that are in the Wormskin zine, published by Necrotic Gnome, Gavin Norman. And this is in particular the Spirituous Beverages from Wormskin Zine number six. And this article written by Gavin Norman mainly focuses on spirits. And the way it works is it's a D20 table with four columns in it. One is a column for the name, or one is for the appearance, one for the taste, and one for the effect. And it also lists the costs per sort of shot of the spirit. So for names, we've got things like Old Swithener, Copsworth Pale, Greener Spinthian, Prigwort Tipple, etc. Then for appearance, we have Colourless, Deep Red, Fizzing Yellow, Lime Green, Electric Blue, Egg Yolk Yellow, Gloopian Grey. That one doesn't sound very good. For taste, we've got a wide variety of things from charred beech and honey to iron to custard with a hint of skunk, which is one of my favourites. I don't think I'd be rushing to get a shot of that. And the effects are based around a series of sort of roleplay effects, such as rampant disorientation, gaggling and shouting, eloquent camaraderie, cackling and misdirected aggression to belching and goggling. And there's a lot more in there. And the basic idea is you can roll either just 1d20 and read across and you've instantly got a, a drink there. Or you can roll 4d20 and sort of mix and match these results together. Now these were originally designed, as with most things in Wormskin, for use in the Dolmen Ward campaign setting, which is like Necrotic Gnome's flagship setting. And these are being updated in the Dolmenwood campaign book that'll be coming out at some point. Those of us who back the Necrotic Gnome Patreon have had like a quick glimpse of some advanced preview material of this and spirits and food etc are getting a sort of a bit of a makeover but it works along a similar line so I'm really looking forward to that book coming out. In Wormskin as well we also have the effects of spirits listed which are given as when the characters are drinking, have them make a con check after each measure consumed. If the check fails, the character is drunk and comes under the noted effect. Nice and simple, no messing about. Con check, boom, done. We also have a little sort of box out called Drunk in the Dungeon, where it says characters under the effect of alcohol while adventuring gain 1d3 temporary hit points. These disappear after a night's rest, no doubt to sort of represent that feeling of invincibility some people get when they've had a little bit too much. However, 
while you've got that effect you suffer a minus one penalty to attack rolls and drunk wizards have a one in four chance of miscasting spells causing a backfire or magical mishap percentage chances of all thieving skills are half so yeah you're getting a few extra hit points but if you come to do anything sort of manually dexterous casting any spells or even swinging a sword you're going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage which seems fair enough to me so what do i like about these rules in Wormskin. Well, one of the things I like is, although there are some very minor game effects, you're not going to sort of drink one of these and be instantly dead or something like that. And nothing wrong with sort of poisons that do that, but they're obviously sort of more your actual like assassin's poisons rather than something you'd be buying to like quaff down at the local tavern. Now, the thing I like about these is they give you some role play pointers. So if you have a drink where the effect is blissful or revelry, you might be, you might sort of take that as a cue to have your character talk about their good old days uh, back on the farm or before they started the adventuring life and stuff like that. You don't have to, but for players who want to lean into that aspect of the role play, there's some nice hints and a little bit of guidance for you. And I think that's a very good thing to consider when you're actually coming up with your own speciality brews. Now, I would say the first thing to consider if you want to make one of your own to like put in your, your own particular tavern in your game to give it a bit of unique flavour to your campaign world, first of all, come up with a weird sounding or memorable name. And one of the easiest ways to do this is rather like when you're naming taverns, pick a colour and then pick a, a strange creature or a strange item that exists in your campaign world and just jam the two together. And we see this a lot in the real world sort of beers that you get. I mean, they've got some particularly strange names in the real world. So you can always just go on Google and type in like a craft beers or some such and you'd find some interesting names so i've just done that myself and i've gone to a website where it says it's the beer company the big six ipas and just a few of those we've got on there we've got respect to my personal space distant echo zero five guns cars and sitars and cloak and dagger and they are all real beers that are available so feel free to make the names for your fantasy brews as strange or as esoteric as you like the second thing to think about would be what the beer looks like now obviously we have various different types of beers and brews and wines and meads and stuff like that in the real world and they all look a little bit different so obviously a stout looks different to a bitter a red wine looks different to a white and the sweet sweet golden gauntlet of mead can you guess which one i prefer looks different to all of those and that's just in the real world. As I said, in the fantasy world, you can pretty much run the gamut of various different colours, textures. I mean, as I say, in this Wormskin one, we've got like yeasty grey, streaked black and white, translucent aqua, electric blue. And obviously how far you go with that depends on how sort of high fantasy your game is and how much you want to push the weirdness so you may prefer sticking to the slightly more sort of realistic colorings of beer however you can always uh, explain it away by the introduction of a, a slightly fantastic ingredient so for instance let's say i want to make a beer and i'm going to call it uh, 
the Crimson Cockatrice. There we go, a colour and a fantasy creature. And leading on from that name, I want to say that it's a deep, dark, crimson, almost ruby red. And I'm going to just explain that away by saying that the water that they get from this spring where they make it, there's a particular rock formation in, around there. Maybe it's rich in iron or something similar. And that dissolve, granules of that dissolve in the water as it heads down to the stream. And it's that water that gives it its slightly metallic taste and its rich red colour. And that literally took me... 30 seconds to come up with that idea obviously it's not the best idea in the world but if you've got a few minutes to sit down and just sort of like jot down a few ideas you could easily throw out half a dozen to a dozen of these beers with appropriate justification without any real struggle i mean hell if you're stuck for a name just to pick a color and then go through your monster manual list and pick one of those and you're pretty much laughing the next thing to look at would be taste. And I've already sort of done that with our crimson cockatrice, where I've said, oh yeah, because of the iron or whatever metal it is that dissolves in the water going to the spring, it's got a slightly sort of metallic aftertaste. So I might describe it as being a very strong beer that has an aftertaste of like um, you've just had a nosebleed or something like that, just to make it a bit more evocative and give it a bit more colour. And I would say for your first few that you design, lean into what sort of ingredients you've talked about or the sort of colour that you've got for your particular brew and base what it tastes like on that. So for our crimson cockatrice, as well as it tasting a little bit like metal, I might think, oh, cockatrice can turn people to stone. So maybe it's got a sort of a stony sort of like rough sort of taste to it or maybe it's got a bit of a sort of granity like taste to it or a slightly gritty texture to it but you could also choose to just go with the color so i might say oh it's crimson cockatrice it's red it tastes like cherries it tastes like strawberries any way you want to do it this is a fantasy brew so you can sort of lean into that but i suggest using your earlier aspects of the brew as inspiration just to try and like keep it a little bit consistent so i'd probably lean into the sort of metal slash stone taste for the crimson cockatrice because it seems appropriate to what we've decided earlier whereas having like this weird sort of like fruity like cherry sort of brew doesn't really go with what i imagine a cockatrice to be like the final thing to come up with for your speciality brew is what the effect is. And if I was going to offer you some advice here, I would say, as with earlier when we talked about the brews in Wormskin, don't look to add loads of game effects to it beyond whatever like rules you're using for drunkenness in whatever D&D game you're playing. I would suggest just pick like one or two things that give like a few hints and pointers towards how a player can role play their character once they've had a few jars of your brew i would say again take inspiration from your earlier decisions that you made to inform this so for example crimson cockatrice cockatrice turning people to stone i think of stone as being very sedentary it doesn't change much so i would say that the crimson cockatrice it tends to make people a little bit sullen 
a little bit reflective, a little bit maudlin after they've had too much of it. And obviously the players are free to ignore that. But if they want to lean into the fact they've just got drunk on the old crimson cockatries, then they have some guidelines there as to what they can do. But basically think of what sort of mood or what sort of feeling your drink might engender. And again, like I say, shy away from game mechanics but just try to think what might be an entertaining sort of mood to like throw in to this setting to this tavern to make for some interesting role play using your earlier ideas as inspiration when it comes to the final thing the cost of the ale i would say don't sweat this too much it's going to be a speciality brew so just take whatever the normal price of a brew is in a tavern in your campaign world and then add like an extra couple of silver pieces or an extra gold piece or something like that and done if you really want the the players to imbibe your strange new brew and they don't seem keen because it's going to cost them a little bit extra maybe the the barman's trying to promote this new brew so it's on like a special offer effectively or maybe the player characters have done him a service and he offers them a shot of it for free or maybe he just can't get rid of it because no one likes it so he's selling it off cheap there are numerous different ways that you could sort of get that into the hands and the gullets of your players so to speak so i hope that's given you some ideas for creating speciality brews in your campaign setting i'll put a link down below to the previous episode where we talk a little bit about this as well if you've got anything to say about special brews love them hate them want to get a pint of them and you want to be featured in a future episode of the podcast, then you can get in touch a number of different ways. You can send us a voicemail to SpeakPipe or Anchor, link in the description down below, or you can send us an email to rdrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun. Oh, and don't forget to crack open a fantasy brew for us. <laughs>